0: Hello everybody and welcome back to Witch Fix. Today I'm going to be looking at a book called Love Potions by Christina Jones. Uh, this is not uh, a non-fiction book, this is actually a novel. So um, if you're looking for love potion recipes, please go elsewhere. There's a little bit of a story behind this book. When I was like 15, I asked for it for Christmas because the blurb made it sort of sound like chocolate, which I was very into at the time. So I asked for this I'll get into the blurb in a second Uh, and it's by Christina Jones my parents because they had not yet discovered online shopping at that point went to the nearest bookshop they asked for this book by Christina Jones and the very helpful store assistant pointed them towards a book by a lady called Belinda Jones which was actually a a romance novel uh, of not particularly great caliber but my parents bought it because they thought that was the one that I meant. And then when they went into a charity shop nearby just to you know, have a look around, they found three more books by Belinda Jones and were very excited with the fact that they had managed to find bonus presents. So they gave me four books by the wrong author. Diligently, I did read one of them. Um, it was not great uh, and it was not about anything to do with magic. It was about, if memory serves, a sort of pearl diving holiday Uh which is neither here nor there, but I was Googling around and looking for books with potion in the title because I'm always quite interested in making elixirs, potions and things using essential oils or herbs to sort of add to my repertoire because usually what I make are dry mixes like incense um, and spell bags. So I thought potions might be interesting and I stumbled across this and remembered from reading the blurb that it was the book that I wanted to read all those years ago. And decided to buy myself a copy because it was like twenty nine on eBay. Because at this point it has been around for a while. The blurb is, when aromatherapist Suki Ambrose starts using her cottage garden as inspiration and raw ingredients for her products, she thinks she's hit on a good way of saving money while offering her clients a way of de-stressing and relaxation. However, Suki lives in a village where strange things have been known to happen. She discovers that her new improved lotions and potions are making her massages distinctly magical and producing more star-crossed lovers than Shakespeare could ever dream of. Suki though has only one lover in her sights, the delectable Derry Kavanagh. Sadly, Derry is dating Suki's housemate and is therefore definitely a no-go for her home-brewed love potions. Or is he? So you can kind of see where I was coming from in comparing this to Chocolat because it's like someone in a small town making vaguely magical products which have an effect on the community. It also reminded me of in the Practical Magic movie, Sally Owens has her like herbal bath product shop in the town. Um, So it really put me in mind of that, and I think that's why I was so drawn to it and wanted to read it. However... (laughs) I've just finished it and I am so disappointed because it was really, really, really not the book that I thought it was and it was really, really hard to get through because I didn't enjoy basically any of it. It was quite disappointing. So to start with, the thing that most disappointed me is that there are two plot lines running through the book. One is about Suki and her doing these massages for people and pining after this guy called Derry. The other plot line is a lady called Joss, which is short for Jocelyn, who's married to Marvin, who isn't a very nice man, and basically she's not happy in that relationship and she wants to branch out and do other things, maybe um, like enrich her life in a way and then maybe leave him as well. And that had nothing to do with magic at all, but it was actually the plot line that I ended up enjoying more because Suki is basically a non-character and her parts of the story were... Equal parts boring and cringy. Um, I'm going to trigger one for the book because I, I said that Joss's husband, Marvin, is not a nice man. He's not like outright physically abusive, but there is a lot of emotional and mental abuse going on, which the book doesn't really acknowledge in any way. They just kind of make him out to be a bit of a crap husband, but a lot of the things that he's doing are pretty serious and horrible, so. Um... I'm going to warn for that. The first thing that started to kind of put me off of the book itself are the stupidly (laughs) twee place names. The village is called Bagley Cum Russet. It's near Fiddlesticks. The people who live there are referred to as Fiddlestickers. Um, There's a lot of like twee naming of things, naming of places, naming of shops. There's a lady who leads the Can Can troop whose name is like they refer to her as topsy because her last name is turvy and the people who run the pub there are a series of brothers who are meant to be named after the hotels that they were conceived in so it's like you know dorchester etc etc i can't think of any more hotels there we go and it's all very kind of like ha 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 chick oh what a calamity oh isn't it so funny and kitsch and weird and wild and i was just reading the whole thing going I'm rolling my eyes so hard that I actually think I'm going to do myself permanent retinal damage. I don't care. For the first couple of chapters of the book, Suki is just kind of wandering around doing stuff. The first chapter, she finds a naked man in her bed, uh, who is someone who has shared a taxi with her housemate to come home and has ended up sleeping in her bed. This takes an entire chapter for her to work out what has happened, because every time she thinks about something, she thinks, oh, yes this garden gate and then goes into like the history of the place and the town and basically a lot of stuff is told not shown about the history of the town it's just a it's it's very hard going and i read quite a bit of chiclet like i read a lot of sophie Kinsella, marion keys um various other authors and this is probably one of the worst ones that i've had the misfortune to try and read so we don't really get into the actual like magical duff Up until page 102, uh, which is when Suki actually starts, like, making the essential oils from the ingredients in the garden. And in a book that's only, like, 300 pages long, to wait until a third of the way in before the thing that you talk about in the blurb actually happening is one of my pet peeves. If something is mentioned in the blurb, it needs to happen in the first couple of chapters because I already know it's coming and it's not going to be a surprise. It's part of the plot you've already given away. I don't want to soldier on through a load of backstory before we get to the bit that we all know is going to happen. And basically what happens is Topsy Turvy, leader of the local Can-Can troop, of which Suki is a member, um, she finds out that Suki, who works for a local beautician, is going to start doing like massages and stuff from her home with essential oils and she basically warns her that her aunt great aunt grandmother female relative who's obviously not important enough for me to remember what relation she is to Suki but she used to be a matchmaker and make magical potions for people who uh, particularly for women who were like lonely and kind of desperate for men because of like the war obviously causing a shortage of men at that time which seems to me kind of gross because it makes it sound like she was making potions for these girls just to like go out and get any man that they wanted regardless of how that man felt about it prior to the potion being used which is all kinds of messed up but basically Topsy warns Suki not to use the herbs in the garden because you know they have special magical properties. The garden of the cottage by the way and the cottage is called Pixie's Laughter which I found it annoying every time they said it. But unfortunately, due to some hilarious misunderstandings, the very expensive organic essential oils that Suki's boss has invested in for this home massage business get accidentally given as a present to someone who's going on their honeymoon. And then they disappear off to like the Maldives with them and she's got nothing to replace them with. So Suki then sets about making do with the herbs and things that are growing in the garden. Now this garden has been untended for quite a long time um, because her parents had hold of the cottage and then she bought it off of them because she didn't want them to modernise it and then basically flip it on the housing market. She liked it the way it was. so She's got this cottage, she hasn't really done much with the garden but somehow she's able to get bunches and bunches of plants from it and these aren't just things like comfrey, thyme, rosemary, things that you would actually find growing in a garden in England. The oils that she mentions make like having later on are things like jasmine. Uh, I think juniper is mentioned at one point. Ginger and it's like, how are these things in the cottage garden? I don't understand. The other thing that annoys me about the whole like process is that I thought she was actually going to, you know, start actually using the plants to make oils and things because she just decided she wanted to grow her own, etc. But she doesn't. And we don't even get a nice, like satisfying description of how she goes about making the oils. They basically just boil the plants up and then do something with them and then funnel them into bottles. It's not really clear. I'd previously seen Perfume the movie and also read the book of that and they describe the apparatus in that of like when you separate out the essential oils from like the fluid that has been stewing with all the plants and stuff in and you like condense things at like different temperatures to, to get that oil pure and I just don't see how they were going to accomplish that in a country kitchen with like a saucepan. So that kind of seemed a little bit unbelievable to me and it was really disappointing that we didn't get to see like the process of that happening because part of what I really liked about Chocolat and perfume as well were the descriptions of like the process of like tempering the chocolate and the ingredients that went into it and making the shapes and things. It was really evocative. It helped to set a scene. Big opportunity wasted there in my opinion. But she finally has these oils somehow to replace the ones that She accidentally gave away and she goes around giving massages to people who then sort of start falling in love with other people and various hijinks ensue. To be honest, I found Suki's chapters so boring that I just skimmed a lot of them because she didn't have a huge personality coming into it. She was just kind of there and a little bit boring. Um, There wasn't a whole lot to like about her. Uh, In terms of like chiclet protagonists, they're not really usually quite strong characters. They're usually kind of blank slates, but they have like one or two characteristics where you can be like, oh, okay, so that's the kind of person that you are like and this is the kind of thing that you like and this is the kind of thing that you do. Like, so with Sophie Kinsella uh Characters. You've got like the Shopholic series, the main character Becky. She really likes shopping, obviously, as the name suggests, but she's also really generous. She likes to like give people presents and she feels really bad about letting people down. She's like a people pleaser and she is always like pretending that she understands what's going on in situations because she doesn't want to look stupid. With Suki, I didn't even get those basic character traits. She started off kind of building character, like with her not wanting cora's cottage to go like on the market and be ruined and her wanting to keep it but then it didn't really go anywhere we didn't really see any scenes of her with her parents to like find out how she interacts with them we didn't really find anything out about her previous history aside from the fact that she'd come to stay with cora quite a lot when she was younger like nothing about her like previous romantic life uh nothing really about her like interests so i was kind of left wanting more a minor inconsistency that kind of annoyed me was the fact that When Topsy's telling her all this information about the herb potions and all the trouble Cora got herself into, she says on page 50, My lips are sealed. Topsy clamped her mouth shut to illustrate the point. It looked like a ruckled grey zipper. Then she opened it again. Let's just say, Honour Berkeley wasn't the only woman in Bagley to rue the amount of time she spent in this garden. No. As soon as I knew you were going to be dabbling in perfumery and oils and rubs and balms here, I had to warn you what might be unleashed. And she says just above that, Cora knew only too well about the power of her garden. She wouldn't have used her plants while you were around, that's for sure. In fact, after all the trouble, she left it well alone. That's why she didn't so much as pick a sprig of rosemary for her lamb roast. So here we get quite a strong picture of Cora deciding never to use herbs in anything ever again. Because it's better to be safe than sorry. She won't even use them, from that garden at least, in cooking. And then on page 102, when they're looking for things to help make the oils in the bizarre method they try and make them they find a piece of uh, butter muslin and say cory used it to strain her ginger beer and all sorts of things so i don't really understand like if she's not even putting rosemary on some lamb because she's afraid of like the power of the herbs why would she be making a herbal beer and i guess maybe she would have bought the ginger elsewhere and used it there but I I don't know, it just it stuck out to me and kind of irritated me and stuck in my mind. Anyway, um aside from like that part of Suki's storyline, the rest is just a cavalcade of characters with a capital C because everyone who turns up is larger than life, panto damishly exaggerated, and really super irritating to read about. Um there isn't a huge amount of like actual magic stuff. Uh, I was hoping that, you know, we'd see how I'm making and blending the oils and things like that. But that didn't really happen. Um, So I was kind of left with witchy blue balls on this one, which is a shame because it really bigged up the magical content in the blurb. And obviously the fact that it's called love potions. It just it it kind of left me wanting a better dose of something to do with magic and plant lore. Especially, even the like herbal recipes, uh, because she's told by Topsy Turvey, a name that will never be not annoying, that her that that Cora left her recipes somewhere in the cottage, in the sense that when Suki says, "Oh, I bet she had a recipe book somewhere," Topsy kind of denies it in a way that makes you absolutely certain it is in the house, and after looking for a while, Suki comes across a bundle of old embroidered patches. That she remembers playing with when she was younger, like samplers that Cora made and they have like cross stitched pictures of herbs and then little verses about what they do. So we are kind of even at that point denied regular plant law because it seems like they're just like largely made up by the author and not really reflective of what those plants actually do. The one like saving grace of this book was the Joss storyline. It's sort of like every other chapter, and the storylines do overlap sometimes because obviously Suki and Joss run into each other. Uh, Joss is stay-at-home like housewife to Marvin, who works in London, and he is an out-and-out cantankerous prick. Um, he's very exaggeratedly horrible to her. He criticizes everything that she does. He expects her to wait on him hand and foot. And although he's never like physically abusive, he is quite mentally and verbally abusive to her. He won't let her hang out with her friends. He's quite controlling in that way. He's just kind of a nightmare. And throughout the book, Joss um through the use of Suki's like massage service and using oils in her like bath at home, manages to get up the confidence to basically escape from him and start a new life with a new man. And it says something when the main character of your book doesn't have the most interesting story. It's like the secondary character that I'm actually reading it for. So if you like that kind of story, um, this is a pretty good one. You do have to read in between all like the Suki clumps, so that's a little bit annoying. Also at the end you don't get a huge amount of payoff, um, and here are some spoilers, so if you want to read the book then just skip over this part. But um, Marvin just kind of disappears at the end of the book, and then Joss tracks him down and it turns out he was leaving her uh, because he didn't want to be with her anymore, and kind of leaves her before she gets a chance to like stick the boot in and i kind of wish they'd had more of a scene but i guess that would have been incompatible with the kooky quirky fun chiclet atmosphere which they were clearly going for so slightly disappointing but you know there we go all in all um i reviewed this one for the podcast because ostensibly it was meant to have some witchy content even if none of the characters was outwardly called a witch and because it reminded me of other better books like Chocolat but to be honest I do not recommend reading this one unless you have a really strong stomach for completely sickening twee chiclet Um, if you like your chiclet more on the semi-realistic side and not where every character is kind of kooky and weird and foibley and it kind of reads like a sitcom from like the 1970s on bbc2 then maybe give this one a miss because it will test your patience if you can however recommend to me a better book about this kind of thing of like you know small town magical realism um kind of stuff then i would be really interested to hear it i have got another book which i found in like a charity book box called Garden Spells so I'm going to give that one a look on the off chance that it's better than this one but do let me know what you think of it and drop me a line on Twitter or in the comment section on YouTube or by email just check the description box for all of those addresses and information and I'll see you in the next video